You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? Hey, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it. It's vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, the fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. You're probably a bit confused right now. I broke the glass. It's all come back to me. This. What is this? That's my ship. What? Let me take it from the top. Hello. I'm the doctor. I'm a traveler in space and time. And that thing buried down there is called a TARDIS. Time and relative dimension in space. You're gonna love this. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Earth Station Who podcast. That's right, folks. We're back in studio tonight, and we got a good one for you. We got a really great review for you. We are going back to the 10th Doctor era, and we are looking at Turn Left, which is actually a Doctor Light story. And it was, for me, it's one of my favorite Doctor Light stories. And we got a lot to talk about, and we have a young lady here joining us who actually picked this one. Let's welcome Nisha Mullen to the show. How's, how are you doing? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. It is, you know, we've, you and I have worked together a couple times <laughs> on Traveling TARDIS. And we, Dragon Con. <laughs> and yeah, of course, Dragon Con. We've done some great panels, actually, at Dragon Con. And so it's, we've been wanting you on the show for quite some time. So when I came to you to ask you, we want to hear about one of your favorite episodes of Doctor Who. You gave me a list like this long. This long. <laughs> I know. And you kept on going back and going to, and say, what about this one? And I said, we've done it. What about this one? We've done it. You know, it's like, and you said, how can you have done all these? I said, well, we have 266 episodes. That's how we've done That's that. All right. <laughs> so tell everyone a little about yourself, Nisha. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much. Um, and yeah, you put me through a mind ringer because I really did not think that this episode had not been talked about yet. So that's why I didn't even say it till, <laughs> till the end, till you gave me your little hint. So um, I am Nisha Moltran and I am CEO of Diversely Geek. I'm also a family practice and neurology and behavioral health nurse practitioner. Uh, that's what I do for a living. Plus, we run the uh, nonprofit as well. Um, Diversely Geek is a mental wellness based as well as a diversity based organization that focuses on transforming fandom passion into positive action. So um, as Mike knows, I have been, uh, I created a research project about four or five years ago to really flesh out the relevance and the importance and actually the, um, the influence of embracing your favorite fandom as part of your, your daily life, as part of your self-care. And so I wrote a research project based on that, and we researched it over four to five years with interviews, 
panels, podcasts, everything you can think of was actually part of our, our work. And then we um, published it for the first, the, the idea or the postulate, uh, December of 2019. It was accepted and published by the National Institute of Health in the, um, it's called the Office of Behavioral and Social Sciences Research. Big old title. <laughs> so um, that's just, that was phenomenal. And so that really fueled our wish and our hope to be able to stem the rise of mental unwellness and the lack of love people have for themselves in this world that really creates so many negative, um, you know, negative outcomes that we are really working very hard to be able to fight, including suicidality. So that's the goal. And then, as you know, we're um, launching the foundation in the next three months where we'll be actually doing mentorship and networking um, workshops and wellness workshops based on the research. So there you go. <laughs> that is a mouthful. and But it's you're doing such great work. And I'm looking forward to seeing some of your findings and actually helping you out however we can. In our yes, you're going to be in part of our, our next research phase, you know, so oh, good. thank you for saying yes. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. And I'm sure, you know, Mike and Mary will be glad to do it also, you know. If you are, absolutely. Yes. But, and, you know, but it's great to have you here. And as I mentioned, Mr. Mike Gordon is here. Howdy. And Mary Ogle is here, too. Hi, everybody. It's fantastic to be here. And yesterday was a very special day as this recording. It was Mary Ogle's birthday. Happy Yay. birthday, Mary. You look great for 21. You really, really <laughs> do. Yeah. So we're very happy and we're not going to great for 81. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, you know, last year was the longest 20 years I could remember. So it's okay. Oh, man, that's for sure. So I think we all aged over that time. You know, it's just like, <laughs> so, you know, but it's great, you know, that we're not going to sing to you tonight. So I think we're doing that. And I think that listeners at home. That's your present. That's your present for tonight. That is the best present I've ever received. And, and I think our it, listeners it, it at really home is. are thanking us for that, too. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> so, but we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Please write us feedback at earthstationwho.com. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. What do you guys think about this episode? Did you guys catch us last week when we did Facebook Live? Do you guys want to see us do that more often? Do you guys want us to start maybe doing these more and more, even our reviews go live? And so that way you guys can comment as we're talking and everything. Or do you guys want to see us up on YouTube? What do you guys, we'd love to hear from you guys. Tell us what you guys think. We have the time to experiment, which is wonderful. <laughs> With Doctor Who, that's all we have right <laughs> yeah, now. Plenty of time. <laughs> we really have plenty of time. And we're going to do more talks like we did last time. That was a lot of fun. We had a great, great bunch of folks here. And it was nice to have the folks from the Legends of the Traveling Tardis. Um, Nisha, do you want to tell everyone how they can find the legend of the traveling TARDIS real quick? Well, you just told them. No, just, <laughs> um, so uh, I am. This is how we are very closely connected. We're both uh, regular um, panelists on the legend of the traveling TARDIS, where you uh, with hosted by Christian Basil. And you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us also on YouTube. Exactly. Subscribe. Subscribe. Subscribe and watch. There's hundreds of hours of content up there mm -hmm. some amazing stuff 
it, um, it helps fight insomnia just like that. It's awesome. <laughs> Great guests, just really good stuff. So, yeah. and the two of us are up there, so it's pretty awesome. So, and we we talk about some amazing stuff. And yeah, Christian is a great host. I really think Christian is doing a great job up there. I like to challenge him. Oh, I know you do. You like to challenge most of us, which is good. <laughs> I do. <laughs> it's it's a very positive thing. But we definitely, you know, like I said, write us feedback com and tell your friends and tell your neighbors about us, please. And if you ever have a chance, subscribe to our show wherever fine podcasts are found. And if you get a chance, give us five stars and please, please, please leave us a review. All right, let's jump in and do some Doctor Who news. And there actually has been some new, not TV show stuff yet. They're, they're keeping a lot of it hush-hush and, you know, filming locations and stuff, of course. But we're not going to really talk about that till we know everything, you know, written in stone. But we do have some other Doctor Who stuff to talk about. Mr. Mike, what do you got for us? Yes, uh, Titan Comics, who uh, still continues to have the Doctor Who license and has been doing Doctor Who comics continuously for a little while now, uh, announced that they were coming out with a... A uh, new series uh, in relation to Doctor Who, and this is uh, titled Missy. So obviously it's a uh, uh, regarding the Michelle Gomez character, the master, um, and a four-part comic series, uh, four issues anyway, and then I'm sure it's going to be collected in trade. Um, that's going to see the first issue will be published and should be available in April. Uh, the art team uh, is uh, Jody Hauser is the writer. Um, Roberta, I, I hope I don't butcher this name, Ingrenat is the artist. Uh, colorist is Enrica Angelini. Um, and it's got a ton of variant covers. Um, I definitely encourage people to seek out uh, some, uh, you know, Google it or whatever. Uh, seek out. Uh, actually, we'll put a link to it in our show notes. Uh, there's a nice uh, story about it on an Entertainment Weekly site that has all the, the cover variant covers as well as some of the previews of the interior art. And it looks it looks great. It looks like uh, I, I, you know, I have no doubt that the uh, the story is going to be worthy of Michelle Gomez. And uh, it's just it's nice to see her character getting this much love. I mean, we talked, I think, what was it uh, a month or so ago about how she's getting her own big finish series. So now we're seeing uh, a comic series, too, which is amazing. That is awesome. It is just really, really Awesome. And Titan Comics does such a great job with their stories and their, you know, their care for Doctor Who. You know, IDW was the company that had it before, but, you know, once Titan got it, I think they took it to another level and they've done so many different, you know, they've, they've expanded the universe and they've gone back and they've touched almost on all the doctors now. And now they're getting into, of course, you know, Missy. And everything, and I'm seeing if Missy's coming, where's River? Why haven't we seen? <laughs> why have we not seen a River song cart comic book? You know? Deserves her own title. Oh yeah. Yes. Hey, hey! If Alex is going to write a novel, maybe she can write a comic as well. Well, exactly. I want it to be when I open that cover. I want to be blasted away by that music. On the, I want him to have a chip inside. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, no. You want people to buy it, Mike. <laughs> I want it to. I want and to. Be I don't s- mean like get killed. <laughs> hey, I, hey, I want to check out this first issue of River Song while I'm sitting in traffic. If those fans of the Big Finish will understand, so. But yes, um, you had mentioned real briefly 
about River Song having a novel. Yeah, I, I guess I think we had talked about it before. I'm not sure if we did or not, but of course, uh, yeah, it was announced that Alex Kingston uh, is actually writing a uh, or has written a River Song slash Melody Malone Yay. mystery. Um, and, uh, and that's going to be out actually pretty soon. It's going to be out on the 20th of May. So, um, I don't know. Is that, that can't be a first. Is that the first time a Dr. Who author has, uh, actor has written a story on their character? No, Ian Martyr did a few like Harry Sullivan. Oh, did he? Yeah. He did Harry that Sullivan's war. I did not know that. Yep. Oh, wow. That's cool. Um, uh, back for target books he did. And, oh, wow. um, I know he also helped Tom Baker, Right, uh, Doctor Who and Scratchman. So okay, and so, oh wow, so he helped him with that. Yeah. Oh wow. And so, because Ian has written tons of novels, so you know, it was just a matter of time. And when he did the Harry Sullivan's War, it actually made Harry not so much of an idiot. So it's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he was motivated to write yeah, that. Maybe. I was going to say he was motivated. <laughs> Harry Sullivan was getting no no love. So he's like, "Damn it, I got to do something about that." Yeah, uh, yeah. It was a, it it was a it was a good book. I read it back in college when it first came out. And well, so, and speaking of Scratchman, I know that they just released that, and that was done by so that was done by two Doctor Who actors because obviously it was from a story by Tom Baker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so I but yeah, it's not it's few and far between. But I always dig it when you know the actors just you know own a character so much that they are invested so much in it that they want to tell other stories outside of that. And that's always a good sign. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's awesome. So yeah. When is the Do- Dr. Who novel coming out? With uh, the novel comes out uh, actually the 20th of May. I'm sorry. I thought it was this month, but it's the 20th of May, March, May. They both start with them. It's okay. <laughs> it's in your table. Yeah. MA, those are MA months. So, but you know what, the way that the, the, the world's been going, May, May is going to be here as soon as like, if I blink, right? Like it's happened so fast. D- remember That's Mike, true. don't blink. Come on. Any doctor who fan knows that. <laughs> That's just a given. Come on. Turn left. Turn left, Mike. Don't go right. I would right. not be surprised at all to see, you know, Missy novels coming. Um, oh, sure. And, uh, I don't know how invested. It's Michelle Gomez seems like the kind of actress, too, that's invested in the character as well. So who knows? Maybe we'll see some creative input from her as well. Who oh, knows? yeah. She wants to come back. So, I mean, she'd come back in a heartbeat to do this character. I have really, really, really been wanting to see them flesh out the different uh, dichotomies um, and parallel universes of the master, but in a written form. So we can like see, (laughs) you know, where was the master and what was the master's perspective at that time? You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. that's something I'm really hoping we get to see. Mm -hmm. I want to see Sasha Dewan's doctor, um, master very much. So, Oh, I think I loved Sasha's version of the master and especially, uh, the, how they did it, they played off the surprise that you didn't know it, it was the, that the master was even coming back. And you said, my master plan. And <laughs> that was just, it was just awesome. And <laughs> I, he played a bat- master, you know, he was, <laughs> he was awesome. And, you know, basically though, I, my theory with it is, that this is he that his master actually is the master after John Sims. 
master, and that he eventually evolves into Miss. Yeah, he's he Before evolves. Missy, that's exactly what I think. I think he evolves I think into Missy. Yeah. I I would yeah. I would love to see that. I that would be a nice little wrench, and it would be actually nice to see Chibnall do something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be beautiful homage and a great tie together. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly, because you know Missy was crazy. No, no saying about it. But you know, slowly, you know, Moffat was trying to turn her, you know, more, you know, like the doctor was trying to help her and such. And but he's done that. The doctor's tried that a couple different times. So many times. And but it was, you know, but the. Master we're seeing now is more crazy, more, you know, angry and everything, more like the Sim Master and everything. So I I think that would be a neat evolution type thing and everything. Just my opinion. So, you know, that's cool. I think, you know. More Master. Well, I know that a lot of them are appearing on that BB, on that big finish. Yes. Uh, master uh, box set. Yes. So. Is anyone going to be getting that one, or? Well, it's got a Missy adventure, so maybe. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they've already taken I mean, so much. Yeah, of we my just money. finished listening mm-hmm. to uh, the River Song series with all the masters, with you know four masters on it, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the Missy one. I think we all agreed was the best one. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so and obviously anything after Missy is not. Ready and like Big Finish doesn't have uh, access to do anything with that yet. Not so. yet. Too soon. Too soon. Hey, I'm just happy we're getting River Song. I'm happy we're getting Tenant. You know, and you know, not Doctor Nine is coming right around the corner, and you know, which is really exciting stuff. You know, and, I don't know. Have we have we seen John Sim do anything? Is he doing a voice on that? I thought no? he was on the box set. Is he? His picture's up there. So okay. I, don't. I couldn't remember if he was because I knew that uh, Derek Jacoby was. Yes, um, but um, I didn't. I didn't recall if his was or not. So that's cool. It'd be very interesting to see, and if only we had something called the internet to look it up. You know, <laughs> let's let's see. <laughs> what do we say? Exactly, um, and it, it's interesting because with the master stuff, they are touching on so many different levels and I love you know what they've done they've made the master interesting they've made him very very absolutely and you know yeah there's certain masters we're not big fans of but it's but that's that's a fun character to explore a fun relationship to explore for me um, the master is one of the biggest most important characters to explore because of that's because of the foundation that was laid in terms of how the doc, the doctor's evolution, wow. how much of an impact it has on the doctor's life. So, mm-hmm. and okay. like you said, doctors always trying to um, heal mm-hmm. <laughs> master, right? Oh, exactly. So. Uh, Masterful, which is, was just released January, 2021, okay. right on the middle of the uh, album cover or cover for it is John Sim, John Sim and he is listed as you know making his big finish debut so yeah because you have Jeffrey Beavers you have Mark Gatiss Michelle Gomez Derek Jacoby Alex McQueen uh, Milo Parker Eric Roberts and John Sim 
That's Excellent. not bad. That's not, and it's actually on sale right now for nineteen ninety nine to download. Nice. Yeah. It is. Oh, that's a good price. Um, but yeah, I think that I think you're right. The master is. I mean, the master. There's a lot of monsters and races of you know like dialects, Cybermen, and etc. That are great Doctor Who continual foes. But the master is more personal. Um, it's almost like that Batman Joker relationship, and sort of like that. I like the fact that because we don't really know a lot about the doctor's history and exactly like when he and the master first encountered, I mean, there's different sort of different sort of stories as to how they met and and all that sort of thing, their history. But I like the fact that it's kind of multiple choice, just like the Joker's origin um, and that we don't really know what, and we'll, and hopefully we'll never know definitively because I think that adds to the, you know, the, 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 yeah, the flavor <laughs> of them, both of them, both characters. Well, exactly. And, you know, that's why I don't really want the doctor to be the timeless child. I want, you know, I want the doctor, his back, his, her background, just be a mystery. You know, you don't know everything, even though, you know, my gut is saying that the master and the doctor were once married. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Yes. Yeah, don't they act like it? Come on. Yeah, yeah. I have my instincts about um, this whole timeless child thing. So I'm gonna let's see. Let's yeah. see if it plays out. <laughs> I think that'll play out with the 60th anniversary, like we said last weekend, or when we did our last show. And I think we'll find out then what is up with it. Same thing. I'll find. Think we'll find out about. Dr. Ruth and everything like that and which I totally love. I totally loved her character. Uh, yeah. And you know, I lo- I want to see more of it. So, we'll see. We will see. But I think that's it really for Dr. Who news. We're not talking about any of the rumors going on. We're not going to talk about so and so says that blah 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 blahing and you know, we're not going there. And you know, there's enough other podcasts that will talk about it. Not that we're telling you to leave. Please don't. We we need all the listeners we can get on the show. But after the show, go look it up and listen all you want. But we definitely would love to hear from you guys. Feedback at earthstationhu.com. Let's take a quick break, and we are going to be back in a minute with Turn Left. We're the Con Guys, as in Comic-Con, and this is the Con Guys show coming at you straight from the heart of Hollywood, California, with the news, celebrity interviews, and fun-loving opinions to help fuel your passions. We are your ultimate insiders, filmmakers, writers, actors, costumers, gamers, panelists, but most of all, we are fans. And whether it's sci-fi, collectibles, comic books, gaming, animation, cosplay, or fan conventions, if you love it, we cover it. Your behind-the-scenes look at all things con. Found a body, sir. The doctor is dead. Who are you? Oh my god, the stars are going out. None of this was meant to happen. What am I supposed to do? I've been pulled across from a different universe because every single universe is in danger. It's coming, Donna. It's coming from across the stars and nothing can stop it. What is the darkness welcome back to earth station who and now we are going back to the 21st of june 2008 
Can you believe it's that long ago already? It just feels like yesterday <laughs> that I turned left. You know, it's it's actually kind of crazy. It and it's it's great because this is the heart of the David Tennant era, and you know, the, the there's only what two more episodes after this one with the Doctor and Donna. And this actually was a Dr. Light episode. And it was a lot of fun because, you know, Catherine Tate, I, I think most of us were like, oh, Catherine Tate? I hated her character in The Runaway Bride. Why is she coming back? Oh, God. But Donna knocked it out of the ballpark. She was amazing. And I could only I could say there's two companions who have done that we've done that with that we've pretty much eaten crow because Donna was the first and then we had Nardo that we were like you know oh Matt Lucas oh he was awful in that Christmas special he's going to be awful as a companion what he got killed how can they reattach his head you know what are they going to do but this is you know an episode that really she had her acting chops out big time. And Catherine Tate was amazing as Donna. And this is, it, it was cool to see Donna basically who was not affected by the doctor. So she was the self-centered. She was the the person that we met the, in the runaway bride that we didn't like. And it was really interesting to see how she played it and dealt with an alternate universe. So Nisha, why yes. did you pick this one? Oh my goodness. Um, first of all, it's, it's an episode that has, it's, it's um, left a ripple effect in terms of the universe, at least for myself. Mm -hmm. um, and for most people who have actually, who I ask about or who I discuss it with, because the, the precedent that this episode sets in terms of the doctor and the doctor's um place in the in the world and in this universe and who wh who would the doctor be without that companion or who what is the fallout of a doctor it's for me it just gave us a window into understanding um the world outside of the doctor but that's also literally enmeshed in everything that has to do with the doctor and for me i i donna is probably one of my number one companions has always been and i've been watching forever so um it gave me so much joy to to see her have the opportunity to 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 grow into her own being into mm -hmm. her own self so no exactly it she became very selfless in this episode yeah she had to be Yep, exactly. And you saw her evolve into it, too. And it was really, really well done. I thought, you know, I remember loving this the first time I saw it, except for a certain part. But, you know, we'll talk about that. And but it was it was I love what if stories. And this is a yeah. true, true what if story. And it was neat to see just by one event. You know, literally you saw everything the world pretty much fall apart because the doctor wasn't there for one thing and then wasn't there for another and another and another because of what happened with one adventure just because one person turned right instead of left which was real interesting mikey and uh mary what about you guys 
you know, this has been a while since I, you guys I have seen this it. episode. How did this hold up? For I, you? Yes. There is one certain part that I would, <laughs> I think it doesn't need to be there, but it's Catherine Tate's performance is phenomenal. I mean, just watching her, it, it is fascinating to watch her journey and it's actually a whole microcosm of, of, of her journey over the season and how she grows as a, as a person, as a human being. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, you know, it's, it was masterful watching that. And also Bernard Cribbins, um, just. Oh, oh God. I for, I forgot how much I loved him. So powerful. So understated and powerful. And, and just that scene where they're taking the people away in the truck Oh and my God, the, she's running after them. Yes, and the <laughs> sadness in his eyes, the knowledge. Oh. And when she finally realizes what's really happening, and it is, uh, it, it's heartbreaking. The pure darkness of it, honestly. Yes. But this decision to be, to allow this episode to actually have an undercurrent of darkness that I don't think we, I think we didn't expect it. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's moments of, you know, frivolity in it but every oh. time it, it every time there's lightness it's very quickly undercut by by what's what's really going on next yeah it's really a uh, amazing work by i mean we forget you know sometimes how good russell t can be when he's on his game and th- it would seem at you know just looking at it that this story, it's a Dr. Light episode, as Mike said. It's an episode that's basically a prelude to the big two-part finale. Um, it's it, it's the return of a major character from the from the past. Like there's all these things going on. And mm-hmm. and yet at the at the heart of it, you can take all of that stuff away. Because at the heart of it, it's about Donna. It's about the choices that we make and how like you know, so, you know, not to not to put too much pressure on it, like Donna has, but it's not like you know the world will end or the universe will end, but like how every decision that you make sort of you know uh, has has consequences and has uh, you know uh, different paths that you can take, um, and also on the doctor's side, you know, we see. I mean, you want to talk about dark. Um, that scene where they're carrying the doctor's body out and his arm drops and, and the, and the, uh, the sonic drops out of his hand. It's like, that's a really, like that image has stayed with me since I ever, since I saw this episode, it's creepy. Um, and those, yeah, that's dark. And then, you know, a lot of the other things that, that happened, although they seem kind of like, you know, we didn't, they were, they, they were the, the moments that doctor saved the earth, but then we see it from, our perspective, what would happen if he didn't? And it's, it is pretty devastating. Uh, a lot of those effects. Um, and we see that um, I think the darkest one, and I, I want to give uh, also a little MVP award to Jacqueline King playing Sylvia Noble. Uh, I don't think she gets as much, you know, promise, right. but in this to see her just get like more and more defeated um, more than anybody else. I mean, she just gets like crushed and she is, she is pretty much uh, a zombie by the end of this. And you watch her journey and it's, it's just horrible as well. Um, there's so much going on with this mm-hmm. one. Uh, you know, whether, uh, you know, I think the the, way, the the fact that the, the doctor has consequences and without the doctor, 
it's just like I think later on in the two-parter coming up spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen that um but they're going to ask the question they're going to present the thing that if you are with the doctor you are going to die like the doctor ruins lives the doctor kills people like if you if you hang around the doctor you have a element of date like it's dangerous right um but right before russell t goes to make that statement he has this episode that shows you look what happens if the doctor's not around like Like the universe dies. Like basically. Out of relationship. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He saves a lot of lives. And the people who join up with him are willing to sacrifice their own lives for others, which I think is a is a pretty pretty, you know, interesting way to look at that relationship. And it's uh it's really well put in this in this seemingly like, you know, just throwaway episode. No, agreed. And interesting, even though, like, they even touched on, like, Martha and, you know, how she sacrificed herself to give the oxygen to that other medical student. And she wasn't, she hadn't even met the doctor. And she was, you know, showing that she was a true hero anyway. But, you know, for them to mention, you know, the pat that Sarah Jane tried to rescue the people at the hospital and her little kid crew and her and the kitty crew exactly <laughs> um was there with her with her but and then torchwood going up against the santarans yeah and it was and it's just amazing and how rose knows all this stuff is you know you know that jack was going off to santar you know to be experimented on and you know all that different stuff and it's just it's just She's amazing in the power of the moment she has to she has to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it makes sense. They don't 100% flesh it out even in the two-parter later on, but I no. guess whatever. <laughs> Leave it and let it be. If, yeah. no. if they ever want to come back around to it in the future, whatever, let that be. I think they kind of left that door open. But It was it was interesting. They did, There was a few things that they brought up in this episode that was never touched on again. And some of it was the Rose stuff, but mm-hmm. also the planets going out. And everything and such. Because in the next two-parter, you know, the Daleks steal planets, mm-hmm. but they weren't stealing star systems and such. And so they never explained why these stars were going out or and in it and everything. And it's like, oh, my God, is it the Pandorica happening already? <laughs> that <they're> just- <laughs> That's what I thought. That's because of the whole thing about the stars going out. I wondered, is that Stephen Moffat's answer? <laughs> Yeah, because, because it, you know, yes, they do steal the planet. So you would think, okay, well, all the stars wouldn't disappear at the same time. But the way they disappear here looks like it's a little bit more uh, like a gradual process rather than just like yank and then they all go away. Well, they were sitting there watching it. Look, that star's going up. That star's going up. up, up. Constellations disappearing. Exactly. I actually want to find that answer out. And yes, I completely said, yes, it's the Pandorica. Moffat went and said, I'm going to touch on it a little bit and give some homage here. <laughs> I would, I'm still want to know what that story is. Or was that story only specific to that universe, which is now no longer exists? No, because Rose was saying it's happening all across all the different yeah, dimensions. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, they were collapsing into each other, all the parallel and, universes. Exactly. That is discussed at some point later on. It gets touched on a couple times later. Um, I think that, I think what that did is it throws open this, you know, what resounds for me, yes, is seeing the doctor's hand 
I, I completely agree. The doctor's hand falling out as lifeless and as human <laughs> as anything we've ever seen the doctor be is to just watch that hand falling out from a gurney under a white sheet and the sonic just falls to the floor. And it's as if all of this power just becomes null and void because in all of the power that the doctors had for all of this time in death, he's the doctor is equal to all other beings, right? You're no longer able, you, 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 there's no more influence, there's no more impact. And then we lead into all of, did, I, I mean, this, this choice to just keep flashing, flash forward, flash forward, flash forwards, they're just so impactful. And you're seeing this peeling away of all of the, in, the impact of not having the doctor there. And all of these things that could just have been different if Donna had just made the choice to turn left. And I don't want to put pressure on Donna. Donna was already having so much pressure on. <laughs> That's true. For God's sakes, you know, she, she grew up with it in a very difficult family. Her grandfather's fantastic father and mother. But at the same time, she was always, always, always feeling less than. Always feeling less than. Always in a state of, I'm nothing. I'm just, I'm just a, you know, a, ty a typist, a secretary from Chiswick. Um, I'm nothing. I have no value. I'm not, I'm not worth, what are you telling me? You know, and that, that, that moment where she's, I'm sorry, cause I'm like going off right now. So. <laughs> this is your segment here. No, go is, for it. You go. This is your pick. You go girl. Is, these are very valid points. <laughs> yeah. It, those moments, all I, this is the reason why I love Donna. I, I didn't need this episode to understand this about her. I always knew that this was how she was written. She was written as a character who was constantly in the need of understanding her own value and her own worth. From the moment you saw her in Runaway Bride, that's a two-dimensional character. They created her two-dimensional on purpose because she was going after the thing that she thought would give her value, which was love and marriage, right? Mm -hmm. And to be able to have a little bit of a job that give her some money. So when we, you know, when she realizes and the doctor just jumps into her life, I can be more than that. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. I can, hey, spaceman, I can, you know, like join the spaceman and I can save London. This is crazy. And yet she did it and didn't believe it. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. exactly. constantly sat on the cusp of, yeah, but I'm nothing. He would have done it without me. Only to find out in this episode, nope, not at all. Could not have happened without you. Well, it gets the same way. Literally, like sometimes my wife looks at me and goes, what would I do without you? And I say, live and be happy. You know, it's <laughs> kind of, the, it's literally the same thing. You know, if, you know, ev and everyone has this point in their life where it could change your whole life depending on one simple thing. And it's pretty amazing that they went that direction. And I would love to see more Doctor Who stories with that, with the other characters. With, uh, be think... with beetles on their back? Oh, of course. Everyone needs a beetle on their back. <laughs> Ringo. <laughs> I, think, I mean, Donna's a character that's defined herself by how everybody else speaks about her. Mm -hmm. she, she, has to, she has to find her core. And, um, I mean, the Doctor's one of the things that helps her do it. But she actually, she finds it herself in this episode. And and that's one of the reasons why I love this episode is that um, she it, it's all about choices. I mean, and I, I I like to think of 
pair it along with Midnight, because it's also another episode that's all about choices and sacrifice and what you ultimately decide to be. Are you going to be just the flight attendant? Or are you going to be the one who saves everybody? Are you going to, you know, it's, and, um, you know, RTD was good about, um, especially in the later episodes, exploring what lay underneath the superficial. Right. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree with that. And and it's interesting. It's that the, the choice that she has to make, whether to turn right or left, is not like, is not like a choice where you have an angel on one side of you and a devil on another, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there are two, I mean, you know, there are two valid choices. Um, and the, on the outset, they seem like they're, as a matter of fact, you know, to turn right and to, you know, look into taking a permanent job, um, uh, maybe not downtown London or anything like that for a major company, but to work for a smaller company and that kind of thing. It's a safer bet, sure, right? I mean, obviously, that's why the mother is is pushing it on her. Um, but she also, I think, the mother also realizes that Donna hasn't found herself, and um, and you know, so therefore, she's like, take the you know, take the safe thing, right? Take the safe thing, and and you know, you'll be you'll be much better off that way. So it's not a it's not like it's a bad evil route. Like, you know, it's not like, it's not like she knows by taking this, there's any hint that the universe is going to be in danger. Uh, instead, it seems like the safe call, like, hey, hey you know, there's a permanent job. I mean, look, speaking to someone who's currently unemployed, like, <laughs> <laughs> like turning right doesn't sound like a bad idea. But, um, but you're right, Mary, at this point, she at this point, she doesn't really know herself. And so she's not confident enough. Right. Um, to know why she wants to, it's just her instinct that's telling her to turn left because she wants to explore that more. And the mother just kind of derades that and says, Oh, you're just looking for a, a wealthy man to hook on to yeah. when I don't think that's right, but she has, she doesn't know herself well enough to argue that point. I think that that's a great, yeah, that's a great point. And to flesh it out more, the simplicity of saying, I'm going to, to make a left or a turn or a right turn at that crossroads in your life is, is a beautiful decision because it was so simple and very easy for us to visualize it, right? But like you're saying, the left turn for her was about looking at the thing that she felt more, more connected to that was right for her as Donna. But the thing about Donna is that the, the, the pressure to always turn the other way was about doing what everyone else expected of her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and who the, her becoming the person that her mom thinks she needs to be. Because that's certainly not something that Wilfred was doing. Wilfred's like, Donna, go be your own person. Mm -hmm. Constantly saying, Donna, go be your own person. Look to the stars and it's going to come to you, you know? But she can't believe that because she has another little voice saying, you're a two-dimensional being, just do the thing that's safe. So, you know, I think that that's a challenge that everyone, everyone, can face in life and probably faces it at least one time in their, in their growing life is who am I? And do I follow the thing that makes me joyful or do I have to go with the safe bet? Not that the safe bet's wrong, like you said, you know, because sometimes it's the right thing to do in this moment. So it's, it's, it's a real um, great revelation on RTD's part because to be fair in most any other world going right, except for the doctor would have been just this kind of a thing to do. Well, I also think too, I mean, knowing Russell T as we do, 
I don't think it's a coincidence that one way, the safe way is, is right. And the more, uh, exploratory way is left. left. <laughs> I just, you know, I think you know, knowing his politics, I, I think that's done on purpose as well. It's not, it's not, you know, in your face, heavy-handed, Chibnall, but it's. it's <laughs> wow, are you trying to say something, Mikey? <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's, it's, it's there as well. But, um, but yeah, and I also, um, you know, Russell himself is is right now having you know a, a great moment too. His new series, It's a Sin, just hit on HBO Max, and he's been doing a lot of press for that. And one of the things I know he he brought up is that he thinks that the BBC should bring back or explore a Doctor Who universe, you know, like sort of he had when he was in charge with uh, Torchwood and with um, Sarah Jane Adventures and whatnot. He thinks that would be the best, you know, the the thing that the BBC could do to uh, really like booster the franchise up like so many others have been lately. And I do find it interesting that at this time where he's saying this, um, we're looking at an episode where we're seeing the culmination uh, storyline of all of his Doctor Who universe, really. Like, like the next two parter is his like Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah, <laughs> right? pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Literally, literally. You have to say I have druthers about the fact that he, for everything that he gives Donna, for all of the validity, credibility, the love, the the this this sense of self and awareness. He takes it away at the end. Yeah, yeah. I will never I, forgive I, him I, for that. I will never forgive him for that. Honestly, I hope he hears this. I will never forgive him for having done that because then what you've done is all the good you've done with the growth of this character and, and self-awareness and being. You have now said, but you know what? It can all go away that fast at the hand of someone else because when you do the right thing, you're taking the risk that you lose it all. Mm-hmm. And I, I get it, but at the same time, I can't. I can't. Well, actually, can't. it makes it even worse when when the doctor's making the rounds at the end and you see Donna getting married. And it's like, well, it's okay because she found a guy and got married. That's right. That, yeah. she, no. you know, she, she, she was able to turn right after all, right? And thank yeah, you. Unfortunately, exactly. I feel like that's exactly what he did. He turned around and made turning right the mm-hmm. right thing for her. Um, no, I don't think that that would have ever been her choice. Yeah, that's the real tragedy. Yeah, it is. It was a it was a bad decision, and then um, I mean, of course, obviously, in my 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 world, I'd have Donna back <laughs> so, <laughs> any day. Bring Donna back. Um, but I think that one of the points you made, Mike, was what about um, how Donna's mom, you know, the journey into into depression. And how real that was. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the vacancy so. of that face, that was absolutely stunning. And the final straw was that other family being taken away. It's like she snapped right there. You literally saw it happen. Yeah. And it was just like, and because she didn't, it, especially when they realized where they were going and everything, it was not going to be pretty. And everything. No, but you just saw it gradually. I mean, yeah, it wasn't like an overnight thing. She was gradually getting worse and worse when Donna loses her job. And when Donna, like, you know, and I think, you know, she had so much, I don't know if she had hopes for, I mean, it's, it, her, it's not really clear exactly like her relationship with Donna, but it's, I mean, she's kind of a one note uh, figure, but I still think that the actress really 
makes it more compelling because of I mean that sequence where everybody's singing the lyrics to Bohemian Rhapsody and she's oh singing God. in the middle, but she's she's you can tell her heart's not really yeah, in it. And I'm like, I'm disengaged. sorry, if your heart's not in the singing Bohemian Rhapsody, you know something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I agree. I wholeheartedly not Wayne's world. <laughs> I think that, yeah. that scene was extremely telling of the world and the, the the universe or the universe at the time that while to someone's ears it was noise but when you all sing the same song that you all enjoy you're all coming together in this unified way to be able to sing together mm-hmm. even in the midst of not just chaos but destruction and degradation oh exactly and, then, and that's why you see saw them doing sea shanties and you know just sitting around the living room and singing and it was because it was their way of coming together there wasn't anything else to do like like donna said there was no jobs there was nowhere else for them to live they were stuck living in a kitchen and a cupboard you know it, it was it was horrible and you know it's just it was just it was just amazing to see how every reaction and every scene you did see Donna's mother sink lower and lower and lower. I think she was okay with everything until London got destroyed. Mm-hmm. You know, the look on her face on the TV, cause Donna was too busy trying to see the thing on her back to even pay attention to that. But the mother was like, this is real. And it was just, and that's from that scene on, I gained new respect for the character and for the mm-hmm. actress was just awesome. I know the scene that haunts me or the scene that uh, I took away from is the one right before that, where she's going through Donna's stuff after she got fired. And, and, and she basically says to Donna at that point, it's like, I, 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 I've given up on you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. After she was the <laughs> one who told her to go get that job. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I mean. That's what Jess. Yeah, she's like, well, you can't even keep that job, you know. Yeah. And uh, but you blamed I, it on Donna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that's a devastating thing for a child to hear from Absolutely. a parent. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not defending her. Mm-hmm. No. Any, oh no. Yeah. And no, she she does not win Parent of the Year at no, all. No. No. Uh, granted, she, she's going through her own depression, grief at uh, the loss of Donna's father. Yeah, she's which, taking it out on Donna. It's pretty yeah, clear. Which, yeah, which we, which we, I think here mentioned in this episode Anytime. more than like the entire run of the show like, <laughs> combined. Yeah, um, and I think that was a very wise choice. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I do think it was also interesting. You know, like this episode shows you what the universe would be like without the Doctor. Um, or without specifically the doctor having a companion at the right time. And then, of course, after the two-parter, the next season, uh, Russell and and David would look at what would happen, what would the doctor's life be without a companion? And we see that that doesn't end well either. It does not go well. (laughs) So so I find that interesting as well. But, um, yeah, I know that you've been trying to avoid it, Mike, but we got to talk about the other big thing. (laughs) No, we don't. We do we not. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Because, well, because we all avoided can, it. Can we, t- can we first talk about the bug on Donna's back before we talk about <laughs> and, and how how bad the production was? Oh my lord! Well, I don't know. Compared to like you know the third Doctor Spider from Mars kind of thing, this looked great. I don't know. I think it was about the same. Yeah, I thought it was just about. I thought I was waiting for her to turn around and it'd be Sarah Jane with a spider on her. <laughs> Back or something, you know. No, but I mean, it, it wasn't. It wasn't bubble wrap. <laughs> it, it, it 
wasn't. That's a good plot. All right. So, call it bubble wrap. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so the doctor just offhandedly said afterwards, oh, it has something to deal with the trickster or the trickster's race. Yeah, yeah. And you saw the trickster a lot in the Sarah Jane adventures. You didn't yep. see really in Doctor Who. So the first time I saw that, that went, woof, you know, right over my head because I had no idea who the trickster was at the time. And it was real interesting. So I assume that lady, the the fortune teller, was probably from Trickster's race, and she she was trying to do you know control it or something. It's not they really did, well. They didn't even really you know set. Really, yeah. They yeah. didn't really play that. They just let's yeah. do it this way. They didn't even really play what planet they were on. Yeah, yeah it didn't really yeah. Yeah. It didn't matter. explain that at all. It, no. It didn't matter. Who did this in the first place? <laughs> what, what, what was nice though was when the episode starts, you see the doctor and Donna just kind of going through this marketplace, this alien marketplace, having fun. And you don't see that a lot in Doctor Who. You don't get the idea that there's other adventures or that, you know, in between drama, they actually kind of hang out and have cool stuff happen, you know, like and, and have downtime. So that was kind of nice to see that um, uh, at the beginning of this. But um, wow, you really don't want to talk about Rose. <laughs> oh, don't you don't you mean Bad Wolf? <laughs> oh my lord! This yeah, was, okay. You can say you say what you will and everything like that. This was like this is what what most people took out of it, right? Because this was the big deal. This was. This was something that I guess Russell T and uh, Billy worked out when she left that she was going to actually return in a little while. Like, um, and she said she was willing to do it and here she is. And I think throughout this season, we had seen other, I mean, Martha returned and we saw like other things happen as well, but boy, um, I mean, I think we all expected Billy did not return ever. And uh, here she is. Well, remember, she'd returned in the first episode of the season, too. That's true. Really briefly. At really the very briefly, end. right, right. Yeah. And so that's where, and even Donna would say, oh, you're the girl from the alley, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, so she had rec- remembered her. But it was just interesting to, you know, have Rose, you know, be the the soothsayer, basically, in this episode, she knew everything that was going to happen. She knew, you know, Donna, you have the, you know, the, the winning ticket for the sweepstakes. Use it, you know, basically, or you're going to die, you know. So, yeah. it, it, but she, and so she basically was almost like the narration in this. She was like pushing the story yeah. along. Yeah. But you know what? They could have done it without that. I really oh, don't, I, don't I think agree she completely. was necessary at all. Sure, they sure. just sort of scissored her in there and, um, you know, made her this, you know, recite all this exposition when they could have just shown it. Yeah, because basically what's happening here is Rose is popping in to, you know, see the doctor for assistance or whatever and finds out that, oh, he's dead. Like, so now what do I do? And then she has to spend the rest of the time trying to get the doctor back and, and fix things. Um, and so that's what basically her role in this is. And then, you know, when, when time snaps back to normal or whatever, then it's like this never happened. Uh, so, um, so really, yes, it doesn't really need Rose per se. Um, but I don't know. I think, you know, as I don't have as much hate as you guys do for Billy and Rose, 
but I, I must admit, I mean, she's, it's not really as hugely satisfying to see her in this role. Um, except I did think like the scenes with her and unit were kind of fun. Uh, when she's well, taking on in there. Left the unit parts in but rose didn't need to she I just said she and unit look i'm actually i i like i loved rose in the first season with nine I, oh, we, we, I, all, yeah. we all did we all yeah. did yeah, yeah. absolutely I loved it i could not stand rose after that yeah not, exa- sorry guys I, i'm sorry billy i like you you're great you're not the problem you're not the person issue yeah maybe right. character That's changed in a really annoying way uh, <laughs> sorry okay there you go i got my angst out for a second <laughs> I, I don't like that um well I, I do think the one moment that was maybe could not have happened without Rose being there is that Donna needed to have someone who was fueling her positivity so when when they're when they're having that 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 you know the discussion at unit how however unit happened to get in the middle of all of this um per se um and Donna's yelling because she's just in a state of frenzy. I'm nothing. I'm nobody. I'm I'm just a secretary. What do you want from me? What can I do? And then Rose is like, but Donna Noble, you are the most important person in all in the whole universe. So Gee, we but, haven't heard that before. I think that's what, that's what we needed <laughs> Kate Lethbridge to her. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well that could be. And but it's what's interesting about that too is that yes, I mean well Moffat will play on that too, and people will get to get tired of the the companion being quote unquote the most important. But here's what Moffat's saying in this story. If you are the doctor's companion, that makes you the most important person in the universe. Yeah. No matter who much. you are. Because and- if you don't, if because if the doctor doesn't have a companion, bad things will happen. And if the if the doctor is, yeah, the bad things will happen if the, to everybody, the doctor as well as the the world. Well, we knew Graham was already the most important person we, in the universe. And he still is. Yes. Come on, man. <laughs> that never changes. <laughs> that will never change. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, you guys! I swear. I mean, I do. I do feel it in the moment when they were looking at the stars constellations, and she has to, you know, and she's seeing that level of darkness as a physical manifestation. That turning around to Rose and saying, "I'm ready," maybe it was her saying to herself, "She's ready." So we. I think maybe RTD putting Rose is somewhat gratuitous, but I get it's gratuitous so that, you know, fans would definitely be more connected to the episode, I guess, because you're seeing these two great characters together. Um, well, great characters, but, you know, um, I think that in that moment, she did need to have a catalytic force. And maybe in that moment, it needed to be, it, it, okay, sure, they chose it to be Rose. Could it have been someone else? Could have been Martha, <laughs> you know. Uh, I'd be for that. You know, so I, I do think it could have. It was a a character, a catalytic character, was an important character to have there. Just was it? Did it have to be Rose? Not necessarily. No, you're right. Not you're right at all. That. Except to to prelude as the what's to come, obviously, because yes, that and, and, and the bad wolf stuff, right? Um, but yeah, I also think it was really interesting that scene. You know, um, uh, going back to that line. That scene where Donna confronts, you know, Rose and says, you're, you know, you said I was important, but it's not me. It's your, it's this thing on my back. That's what's important. Right. And then Rose says something interesting. She says, we scanned you separately. 
And there's something with you as well. There's something about you as well. And I do wonder if that, she seemed to imply that that was even without her meeting the doctor. So there's something special about Donna Noble even outside of her meeting the doctor, which is, which is what's more a thing that you'd expect from Moffat to do. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, but then you say it and then you do nothing with it later on. Right. Well, you do. Well, didn't really have much time. Well, uh, <laughs> well, but, I mean, you actually undermine it. <laughs> you series. undermine it. Yeah, that's yeah. My, yeah, exactly. You turn around and you undo it. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. That... Who else would you have seen as that catalytic character if it wasn't Rose? I oh, it could have been, been Jack. It could have been, I mean, you know, I mean, River. I mean, she's not. Uh, she no, was, they she only even, made her debut like two episodes before ex- this. I was about to say River was brand new at this point. <laughs> Still, well, but, uh, wibbly anybody, wobbly, timey you know, wimey. So, yeah. yeah, but yeah, it would have been interesting to you know. I could have done with anyone, but but you know, but it's interesting because I had read an interview with Billy Piper before this episode was being as it was being produced and everything and she said she after she worked on doctor who she actually had to she had gotten her teeth fixed um for other roles and such and so they actually she had false teeth to give her the rose look a little bit that's why she looked like that's what that was and everything and everything she so she said she had to learn how to talk like rose again literally Wow. I, I'm, I'm surprised. Uh, I'm surprised that you actually went to some other sources with, involving <laughs> Billy Piper. Uh, I, I was, I was bored that day. I, you know, I, but... Oh my gosh. Poor <laughs> Billy Piper. You know, I, I must've, you know, been flossing teeth or something, you know, it was either that or, you know, you know, okay. cutting my toenails. I don't know. You know. I mean, I actually, I did not like Billy Piper's performance here either. But no. I, I don't actually blame her for that. I think it was more the the role that she was given to play because it was just a lot of exposition. Yeah, she is kind of like uh, she's going to she's going to play it much better later on when Moffat writes her as the moment. She's great uh, at that. She's yeah. great role, at that. The, the role is about the same. <laughs> I mean, it's written better Ooh. later, but it's it's kind of like. Well, I did see it as the same now that you said that. I didn't even think differently. I just was like, oh, okay, cool. This is just a, a graduation or the evolution of this particular character. Were you the moment then, you know? I love the character of the moment. I even cosplayed the moment because oh, wow. I thought it was a fantastic, fantastic choice. And if you guys go back and listen, I actually liked Billy Piper as the moment. Yeah, yeah, I know. You did. Yeah. No. Yeah, I know. No, no, that's why I, 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 I mark you as a Rose hater first and foremost. Yeah, exactly. Well, and but I but I agree with everyone here I, that we both all love her in season with Doctor Nine, where Ten she became. I liked her in Ten. I liked that first season like, with Ten. As she's well. like, oh, I love. Well, she only did one season with Ten, so. Well, but I mean, I like that those first that first part of that. Oh, um, okay. The first. I like the, them. The, I like their chemistry. I'll go on record. <laughs> I say it. I'll say it. I, I mean, I wouldn't put her in my—I I wouldn't put her in my top ten of of companions, but she's probably she'd make the maybe eleven or twelve. Well, there you go. You know? I am not a fan of the schoolgirl crush or schoolboy crush or anything else. It doesn't need to be anywhere near science, but it's <laughs> it's just my take on things. Mm-hmm. I think that fantasy writing and sci-fi writing, in and of itself, with a really beautiful 
um, delicate storyline is gonna engage you anyway. You just don't need to put all of that in there, but romance has to be thrown into everything. Yeah, I know. It was just like, really? Really? It did not need to. He had like, by that time, he had 10 incarnations. To explore one incarnation that he falls in love, I think, was, was okay. I mean, it's, if you, it's, if, it always if, felt if, creepy to me because mm-hmm. of the uneven power <laughs> dynamic. Exactly. Talk, I 100% talk, agree. I, I, talk I about going for it. someone a lot younger a than lot you. Younger. Come on. <laughs> That's like me going after a 20 year old now. Come on. <laughs> so, she was no. 20. It's crazy. Exactly. It, 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 it just didn't work. And I know. All the Tenet fangirls are like, oh, how dare you say that, sir? You know, but we said it. <laughs> we said it. We, we said it. Yes, we did. So any other last minute thoughts before we go ahead and rate this one? Um, I do think that we have to mention that the episode was directed by uh, Graham, Harper. Graham Harper, who has been with Doctor Who almost as long as there's been Doctor Who. <laughs> Like in some capacity, I mean, he worked on the uh, a lot of the old school classic series, um, and then came back and directed this. And it, you know, it's it. I mean, it's fantastically directed. So, um, you know, certainly uh, no no loss in talent there, so to speak. But um, I mean, he directed, I think, some episodes before this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think it's cool whenever his name pops up. It is awesome. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I, and it, and it shows Graham Harper you, is just this awesome is another anyway. message. This is another note to Chibnall. It shows you that people who worked on Doctor Who previously to your run can still contribute valuable <laughs> things to the franchise. Yes. Oh, my God. You don't we get that. We get that. Really start new. completely over with everybody. Exactly. exactly. I'm so glad we're recording this. I am so <laughs> glad we're recording <laughs> Yeah, we're recording. If, if only we could have him listen to it. I know. We could strap them down and have you know, them listen to a, it. There's, there's some value in having someone on board who knows the history of the show really well and the history of the writing really well. Just a little bit of value to it. Just I think about it. All right, Nisha, this was your episode. One out of five TARDISes, one being the worst, five being the best. What do you got for us? I 100% put this at, okay, I'm a really rough, rough, rough person when it comes to scoring things and pretty hard on shows but um this is one of my absolute all-time favorites and a go-to and i actually will score it as a five mm-hmm. wow it makes me happy awesome all right mikey um i am going to go with a 4.5 on this one okay um and uh i would also say that i know we i don't think we've done it officially yet if we've done midnight or the, i'm sorry the stolen earth and the whatever the other one is called afterwards but um that two-part that comes afterwards i think this prelude is better than the two-part actually ends up being uh when all is said and done uh especially when we talk about the results of the end of that two-parter so mm-hmm. um yeah if, if the season had ended here um you know it it would have been maybe even up to a, a five but um oh wow uh, I, mm-hmm. I i i could see that um yeah 4.5 for me okay mary i'm also gonna give it a 4.5 i mean there's a, the bugs clunky and um <laughs> you know Ro- I just literally i just yes literally and i don't believe rose needed to be there at all she was shoehorned in 
but um, but there's a lot to like in this episode. It's very thought-provoking. The performances by especially Catherine Tate and Bernard Cribbins and, um, oh, the woman playing Sylvia Noble, whose name is escaping me now. There's, there's just some really great, wonderful, nuanced yeah. performances here, and that alone... I think would recommend it, but the story is good too. So I, I think it's a pretty solid 4.5. Excellent. David, that, that arm drop from the gurney. Was like, <laughs> I'm feeling that was, wasn't was, David. Was, was, was Oscar worthy. Um, <laughs> I, I, I wonder, you're probably right. It probably wasn't him. Yeah. I was going to say that could have been, you know, his you know, biggest Hugo <laughs> award nomination right there. Frank Best the drop intern. on Dr. Who. That was Frank the intern. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> hey, you want your big moment? Put on this suit. You're about the right size. <laughs> You're going to be the next doctor. Now, okay. Damn it. I hate when we all are on the same page again. You know, you know, I would have given this a five. I really, I love this episode. I really enjoyed it, but I just think there was too much peroxide in this episode. So <laughs> I'm thinking that I'm going to have to also, oh my God. I'm probably going to have to give it a four. And wow. it takes a whole point. Away. It, <laughs> well, half of, it, half of it was the peroxide. The other half was that damn bug <laughs> and everything, <laughs> you know, so it just like foom, foom, right there for it. I, I love the episode. I think I would love to see more episodes right. like this, like I mentioned earlier in the night. But I think the characterization it made me realize how much of an amazing actress Catherine Tate is. Mm -hmm. And it's like now I'm cursing the COVID even more because we were supposed to interview her last year at Comcaster Burris. And so I really would love to be able to talk to her and talk to her about this. Talk, yeah. you know, this would be an amazing episode. You know, I could talk to her probably as long as we talked tonight about this episode. Yeah. And there's just so much to get into. So we definitely, you know, we're all across the board, but we really lo all love this one. It gets a total thumbs up. I wouldn't recommend it for somebody who doesn't know Doctor Who and hasn't mm -hmm. seen the yeah. e earlier seasons. Yeah, I think no. you'd be kind of lost. Exactly. I think you'd be lost for somebody doing that. But, you know, for somebody who's watching the series, I highly recommend this one. It's, it's just a lot of fun. And, you know, if you want a bug on your back... This is even better for it. So it's good. <laughs> so let's wrap up this episode and thank everyone for being here. Uh, real quickly, we did get a piece of email uh, about our last episode. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I love it. And I'm, this is just me complaining real quick that a lot of people went by just what the title was of this episode in some of the Doctor Who groups that we post to on Facebook. And the pe the people at the Doctor Who for Nice People were going, I wish people wouldn't post in here when they don't like Doctor Who. And it's like, I kept on saying, listen to the episode. We love Doctor Who. We just don't like a couple things. Why do you have to put it? It has to be saved. There's nothing to be saved. It's perfect. It's like, Really? Really? Yeah, but we so, all know you named it that way to get that people to talk about it. <laughs> Dude, exactly. it's all about ratings. Come on. This is how we succeed. Yeah, if we had oh named the episode, yeah, if we had named the episode like things we'd like to see in Doctor Who, we would not nearly have gotten as many that's, people involved. That's right. 
Exactly. We actually had a lot of people involved with the Facebook Live. We actually got some amazing comments. We could have called it Notes to Chibnall. Oh, that would have been. Ode to Chibnall for our next one. Do it. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. So we got an email from Sue Thompson. And Sue basically wrote, I've watched Doctor Who since the first show aired in the nearly 60 years. Well, not quite. I've seen and known many doctors. Jodie Whittaker is a brilliant and wonderful doctor, and all my doctor-watching friends agree. Why is there chatter about it needing to be improved? I sometimes suspect it's actually gender-biased, not truth. Given credit where credit is due, she really is one of the best doctors ever, and I'm super fussy ex-lawyer who is very discerning. Many of my friends would say, wow, if she likes it, it must be good. All credit to a great doctor. Yours sincerely, Susie Thompson from Sydney, Australia. Susie, thank you so, so much. And, you know, and it wasn't gender bias. We all love on the show. We all love Jodi. We think she's fantastic. And and if you're loving the current, what's currently going on with Doctor Who, I'm happy for you. I really am happy for you. I I mean, there's certain things that I would like to see, but it just goes to show you that everything is for everybody. And if there are people generally getting things out of Doctor Who right now, uh, I think more power to them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I like it. Yeah, we we all, if you listen to last week's episode, not one of us on that episode had anything bad to say about Jodi. Yeah, we all love Jodi. We do. Yeah, we think we think she's getting a raw deal. Yeah, we by, have some problems with the writing. Yes, <laughs> the writing yeah. and the show running <laughs> and the producing and BBC and, yep. but we don't have a problem with her. No, we put that right. show out because we love Doctor Who and because we love Jodi. Exactly. And Not because we hate them. No. We we're it all Doctor Who. We're all Doctor Who fans. We wouldn't be doing this week after week after week <laughs> no. if we didn't love Doctor Who, you know. And like I mentioned last week, we've lost co-hosts on the show because they fell out of love with Doctor Who. And if and, I was one of those people who fell out of love with Doctor Who, I would no longer do this podcast. Exactly. I wouldn't either. Mary wouldn't. If I wouldn't be up here BSing you guys, saying, you know, trying to badmouth the show week after week. That's just not what I w- I wouldn't want to listen to a show like that. That's just not what it's about. This this show is based off of a love of a show that's been here with, for almost 60 years. You know, and, you know, and us getting older <laughs> makes it more appreciative of how long it's lasted. <laughs> so I think it's it's one of the it's a great, great show, and sorry for anyone who took it that we were bad-mouthing Doctor Who. We were not. We so were not bad-mouthing Doctor Who But at on all. the other hand, we want to be honest and talk about the things that, that are bothering us that we think could be improved. Exactly. Right. We yeah. don't go through this with blinders on our, you know, like a horse with blinders on, thinking that everything's hunky-dory and perfect. It isn't. It is far from it. But... And we're just talking of ways we would improve it or ways we think the show can be approved. And if you don't think so, that's your opinion. This is our opinion. You know, that's, why, that's why we had it as a public discussion, because we mm-hmm. wanted to hear what everybody thought and what everybody, you know, wanted to, would do. 
Exactly. And we got some pretty good comments while we were doing the show last week from the Facebook Live people, you know, commenting and saying what they thought of it. And I think I think we're going to have to be doing more of these Facebook Live things mm -hmm. just so we get comments and we can be more interactive with the audience. And I think this is just the way I think the show is going to eventually evolve. Yeah. Our next discussion is going to be like why we hate Jody. On that note, Mr. Mike Gordon, let's uh, we will be back. We will be back in two weeks and we are going back to the third doctor era and we're going to be looking at Colony in Space. It should be a lot of fun to talk about that one. And that, I think, is the doctor and Joe Grant, if I'm right. And so it should be a lot of fun to see the doctor. And I think it's a master story. And so it should be a lot of fun. And I, I haven't seen it before. So this is all new for me. So oh, wow. No, I yeah. thought we did that on ESO. No, we never did Colony in Space. Wow. Because I've so, seen it before. I don't know why I saw it. And that's a rare one. That's rare that I've seen one that you haven't. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh, especially the third Doctor era. Oh, it's a very interesting episode. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun. <laughs> Nisha, thank you so, so much for being with us. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. It was a you great want, episode to talk about. Anything you, uh, want to, you want to promote Traveling TARDIS or your stuff real quick? Well, I mean, Traveling TARDIS, of course, um, uh, we usually air on, on Tuesdays. I think they were on just before us live. Um, I think I should be on myself in a, uh, next week or the week after I might be on an episode. But please join us. Because our shows are, are live, I believe, on Facebook. And those are very fun and interactive. Would really mm -hmm. enjoy it. Um, just, of course, you know, follow on Diversely Geek on Facebook, Twitter, um, Tumblr, all the good places, and Instagram. Um, and definitely uh, for interactive conversations, we have Diversely Geek Discussions, which is actually a blog channel where we're discussing through the day what's going on in terms of, the you know, the worlds of fandom. Um and so that's a lot of fun. And just look uh, look forward to our the changes that are coming up in terms of the foundations, and we'll keep you abreast of what we have coming. That sounds awesome. We'll have you on the show again soon. It's always fun. Yeah. And, of course, let's thank our regulars, Miss Mary Ogle. Thank you very much, birthday girl. Oh, thank you so much. It, this was uh, just a really fun time talking about this with you guys. Anything you want to promote? Uh, well, you can find my artwork at maryogle.com or on Etsy at eVision Arts. Excellent. And Mr. Mike Gordon. As always, it's my pleasure. Excellent, excellent. And for folks who haven't found out yet, the second mm -hmm. episode of the DragonCon report has been released to cross-promote with some ESO stuff out there. Absolutely. And so give and, it and, and also, uh, this new episode of this week of the ESO has uh, Nisha on it as well. Exactly. Nisha is just taking over the network. <laughs> she she, she might just need her own show for the network. I think she's just network. wandering around the station lost. Hey, give me the chance. You never know. I'll find something to talk about. <laughs> I think she will, definitely. And it's a great, also a great, great discussion we had over on Earth Station 1 this week. So definitely a lot of fun. We talked about science. Science! Thank you. It was awesome. So we actually had, you know, a great discussion. And we also talked to actor Scott Valentine on that episode. So it's 
definitely a lot of fun. And Earth Station One and the Dragon Con report, please check them out. And of course, you know, I'm not going to beg and plead about the Patreon. I do that all the time anyway. So definitely want to hear from you guys. Feedback at earthstationwho.com. Until next time, my friends, stay safe, hug your loved ones, and we'll see you next time on the Earth Station Who podcast. Peace. And we are done. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different. With the ESO Network Patreon, the cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. <laughs>